Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, how are you this morning? Oh, so good. I'm just looking forward to just a full day today. Oh, okay, um, so you've got a busy day. Just busy day, full of work and things I need to do um, that ends off with uh, having dinner with my family, who I barely see. So, nice! Like, so I've nice! Got, there's like going to be a lot of my immediate family there, and then, you know, some of my cousins and different things are all getting together and going to dinner, so... Nice. Looking forward to so it. So this yeah. is family that is not from Sydney. No, not from Sydney. Well, we're from Newcastle. Um, so family that is not from Newcastle. Yes, but family that is not from Sydney because they should be staying in Sydney. That's right. Um, actually, yeah, uh, some of my family, they're coming up from Bendigo. Oh, really? Yes. Because, wow, big but, trip. Yeah, because Bendigo doesn't have restrictions. No, like, that's rural Victoria. Yeah, so they're chilling. So, yeah, they're coming up, um, big trip up, and we're going out for dinner. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's like the kind of family you don't see, like, you know, you see maybe like once every three years or so. So I saw them recently because my, well, when I say recently, I mean like 2019 because my sister got married. But, um, yeah, other than that, like, I haven't seen them in ages. So it's going to be be awesome. Ah, that's fantastic. Family is always a good thing. You should always value your family. Spend time with, with with them when you can. We recently, of course, had a wedding. Yes. And so got together with all of our family from Tasmania. Mm. Haven't seen them for a while. Of course, COVID has, you know, kind of put a dampener on making travel plans. Yeah. Sort of make plans and then they just cancel get, plans. Cancel plans and just <laughs> that's the cycle of it. So it's always good when those plans come off. Mm-hmm. So glad that your family's able to travel up from Bendigo. Mm. And uh, of course we had family who came up from Bendigo as well. Yes. Um, had to leave Melbourne, go to Bendigo and quarantine in New South Wales. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Alright, let's jump into some good news. Um, okay, so I was reading this this morning and I was like, that is insane. Basically, uh, Norway is closing down its last Arctic coal mine, the biggest of the Arctic coal mines, um, to create a massive national park. That's cool. Probably one of the uh, biggest and most species diverse, particularly in the Arctic region, uh, national parks in the world. So we'll be able to go to this national park and explore... A coal mine? No, they're pulling it apart piece by piece. Like, they're fully, like... How do you pull a hole in the ground apart? Uh, uh, through absolute skill. Uh, <laughs> well, because I'm sure they did processing let me decon- there as well. Let me deconstruct a hole. Yes. That's, well, that's what they said they're doing. Maybe uh, they're just going to fill it with water. Oh, that, yeah. Like a lake. Like lake. Well, dude, this place is so cool. Like, I'm sitting here like, why aren't we there? Of course, it would be incredibly cold. Like, this is in the Arctic. Um, and so you this, have a frozen lake. Yeah, a frozen lake. But this is the kind of place that, you know, has, like, polar bears and seals and all these kinds of things. Uh, but oh, it's the coolest thing ever. So I wonder whether I wonder whether this was an underground coal mine or an open-cut coal mine because I'm thinking in the Arctic you'd be better off to go underground where it's warmer. Yeah, 100%. Like, it would be really difficult to deal with all, like, the... Well, because it would be constantly, like, snowing and, like... You just do it. Half the year. Yeah. Oh, but then that's like, what, there's no profit, Lyle. Where's the profits? Mm, there are there are companies that do make profits just in these going very half, cold, Just go, going, going, going half the year. Okay. Well, it 
seems as though this is not what these guys said. This was a big state-run coal mine. Uh, you know, it was owned by the Norwegian government, but they signed the papers in 2016. They were like, no, like, we're going to get rid of it. And uh, they've been doing that so far. So this is called, this area, it's called the Svalbard, uh, Salva... Yeah, Sal- it's a national park. Bard Archipelago. Um, okay, it's a bunch of islands then. Yes, yes. This is the sick thing about it. It's like a bunch of islands in the Arctic. Let's go sailing. Dude, yes, you can do anything here. See polar bears. So check it out. Like within this area, they have seven national parks, fifteen bird sanctuaries, one geopark, six reserve, uh, six reserves that are all of these reserves are twenty three twenty three thousand five hundred square miles each. Um, and then that is kind of the area that covers the whole archipelago of islands. Uh, you've got mountains, glaciers. So when they brag about being twenty three thousand square mile national park, does that include like the ocean, yeah, being okay, All yeah. Right. But then it's home to three thousand polar bears, uh, twenty million birds with eighty different species that nest in this area. That's pretty cool, dude. I'm like, let's go. Absolutely. I just want to. We should sail up there because I'm just sort of. I'm just sort of. It's just sort of. My cynical mind is processing this, and they're like, "Yeah, we've got the biggest national park in the world, twenty three thousand square kilometers. It's ocean." We could do the same here off the coast of Sydney. <laughs> Just like, you know, the space from uh, Australia to New Zealand. It's like we've national got a park. marine national park. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not much that lives out in the middle, let's face it. Just just, just put the boundaries far enough off the coast so that we don't have to affect the uh, the local fishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> call it a national park. Yes. Yeah. say we've got the biggest one in the world. We could share it with New Zealand. Oh, um, I'm just, just, I'm just being cynical now. I know, I know you are. And no, no, this does sound like a really epic place to go. Oh, it's so cool. It's like so, like, you know, it looks kind of barren, but you know, it's just Arctic, like where it's, you know, there's just rock formations and snow everywhere, and but animals live there, and so oh, I just want to go. This is like, it's the kind of terrain that I've never really been to before because I've never really lived or been in like super cold locations, like. The farthest that I've gone north is Sweden, but in the summertime. And so Sweden in the summertime is literally like green. So I've never really been in like super cold terrain. I've experienced snow in Spain, but again, it's snow in Spain, which is a really hot country. And it was just like one day in the middle of winter where it snowed and I was like, whoa. And then the rest of the year, it's just like orange uh but but yeah no i'd I'd love to go to somewhere like this uh okay in other quick news (laughs) this is actually really funny a southern right whale um was found in wallace lake in foster ton curry getting this one getting ready to give birth that's epic that's hilarious baby whale right there in foster just up the coast from us here in newcastle where the breakfast show comes from the best part about this is that southern right right whales usually give birth in like Southern Victoria, like Phillip Island and yes. Tasmania. This one hopefully will happen in a lake where we can watch the whole thing. Dude, that's so epic. Not only a lake where we can watch the whole thing, but where it's like warm. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like just chilling in there. Isn't this mother's got the right idea? So it just like swam through because, you know, there's a section of this lake that obviously goes out to the ocean. Yes. Um, but for the- It's not that big of a section for, for an animal that big to swim through. Yeah. I mean, it's not deep. Yeah, oh, no. and it's not wide. No, and it's a fairly narrow channel. It's to get up into Wallace Lake. You've got to know where the channel goes. Mm-hmm. This thing just just swam on in there. 
It's like, getting, yep, here's oh, a good lake. This is amazing. We should go up there. And, oh, I, this the problem is that you don't know exactly when the whale's going to give birth. How can you? T- I'm just wondering. Can you tell that like the whale's about to go in labour and then they can give us a call and we can drive up there? I wonder whether they're going to have drones flying over it. You know, twenty four seven just to mm. see if they can catch the moment. Yeah, it would be an epic moment to catch, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like the lake is so small, and like you know, it's not well, relatively relatively small, and the whale is so, so stand out that people just like drive their boats around the whale and look at it. It's basically like its own whale enclosure. We need do we do need to remember to remind people to keep your distance from this oh, whale. Yeah, hundred percent. And and let her let her give birth in peace. Yeah. But I'm like, this is so. How great. would you like to have like 300 tourists turn up for the birth of your child? <laughs> Well, you know, it depends who you are. But it's just awesome. I mean, hey, if I was living there in Foster, I'd I'd be heading out on the I'd be out there like every morning, dude. Like I'd finish radio and I'd be like on the on the pier, like looking for this whale. Um because it's just so cool. Yeah, but yeah, people wake up early in the morning, it just starts like milling around and like jumping out of the water and splashing its tail. And uh yeah, now it's getting ready to give birth. So really, really epic stuff. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right, Lyle, what's happening in current I, I think we should, I think we should do a survey one time just to find out how many boomers use an NIV. <laughs> wow, why are you trying <laughs> to offend people? Like, just trying to offend the NIV. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't read the NIV either, but like, uh, on, each of their own, I guess. <laughs> See, we have, we have good translations here in the office. We have the King James Version, so we've got the medieval translation. Mm-hmm. And we have the NLT. That's not a good choice. So it's a great balance between oh, the two. I don't like the NLT. Fantastic. You should oh. just have the King James and the new King James. <laughs> King James only. All right. <laughs> Iowa Supreme Court, we promised we would talk about this, uh-huh. have just blocked Planned Parenthood oh. from receiving funding to do sex education. And really? their the, the claim here is that it is obviously a conflict of interest when you have an abortion company that profits from abortions doing sex education for teenagers, the purpose for, you know, one of the purposes of sex education for teenagers is to stop or reduce teen pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But if you have an abortion provider who's going to profit from teen pregnancy, then there's a conflict of interest there, even if they don't, you know, obviously promote teen pregnancy and they're saying, okay, you know, use these kinds of contraceptions and so forth. Their natural or their automatic response if a teen does fall pregnant is that the solution is an abortion to take the life of the child. And so that's saying, well, that's a conflict of interest. This is a very clear conflict of interest. We want to have, you know, a preference for life rather than for death, Mm. even though uh, death is, you know, not illegal in this circumstance, but the preference should always be for life rather than death. And so, no, they don't get to do sex education. They don't get to receive government funding to do sex education in schools. Mm. Now, this is after a law was passed back in 2019 to stop Planned Parenthood uh, abortion clinics from doing sex education, which was struck down in the lower courts. Yeah, wow. So the lower court struck it down and said, no, this is a legal law, it's unconstitutional, etc., etc., etc. So it went through to the Iowa Supreme Court. And in a six-to-one majority, they upheld that piece of legislation. So there's going to be what, – what you're starting to see is – you're starting to see this happen gradually. I believe that it is going to gain momentum as people see the horror of 
what abortions are producing, not just for the life of the unborn child, but also for the life of the mother. Mm. Mm. We need to show compassion uh, both for people who have had an abortion and for people who haven't. We particularly need to show compassion for people who haven't because you know, depression for abortion mothers is virtually 100%. Yeah, wow. Well. You know, and we're dealing. This is the this is the largest pandemic that we have right now, and we need to be doing whatever we can to stop these kind of things from taking place. Okay, moving across to the UK right now, the Methodist Church in the UK, and it's interesting because a lot of these churches do tend to work on a national basis rather than on an international basis, and so decisions are made nationally rather than internationally. Mm. Uh, so, you know, you find some of these churches that are behind other parts of the world, some of them are in front. Of course, the Methodist Church here in Australia is called the Uniting Church, and uh, they have just passed a resolution to bless same-sex marriages, uh, a little bit behind the US and the United States on that one. Uh, this is a process that began back in 2019 with a God in Love Unites Us report. Uh, that was passed through to their conference. It was supported by 29 out of 30 synods, and it was passed with a 256 to 45 majority vote. Now, what's interesting about this is that, you know, obviously it departs from what the Bible teaches on this subject, Mm -hmm. and it's, okay, how do you vote away what the Bible says? You know, we're just going to, okay, we don't like this, you know, we don't like this particular book of the Bible, so we're going to vote and it's not going to be there. You know, you kind of have to ask the question, does, it, does that actually work like that? Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I have tremendous sympathy for the, for the motivation that is behind this, for sure. But that doesn't change what the Bible says. Mm. Now, they went one step further with this because they also provided full recognition of unmarried relationships. In other words, living in sin is no longer living in sin. Mm. And so they've so 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 with a with a vote of two hundred and fifty six to forty five, they have voted to abolish sin. Wow, it's, it's kind I, of like you know you know I that's I, odd. I've read the Bible, right? Yes, and I'm pretty sure I read that you know Jesus Christ takes away our sin. You know, it takes behold the Lamb of God yeah, that takes I read away that the in the Bible of the world. You know? Yes, and uh, absolutely because you know. From from what I understood in Jesus's time, they were trying to do a similar thing through the sacrificial system, is that they were like, oh, you know, if I just doesn't even matter, you know, whether I'm close to God or not, if I just, you know, follow the the legislation, you know, the law of the land, uh, being that, you know, if I make enough sacrifices, I can do whatever I want. Um, Loopholes all over the place. Yeah, I can, you know, I you know, I can I can sin and I can, but it's all right. I'll still be blessed by God if I just keep given sacrifices um you know obviously the sacrificial system was set up by god and it had very you know important meaning but but you get down to jesus's time and it completely lost you know its original meaning but yeah what it seems like is that man man uh humanity is trying again you know those who believe seemingly believe in god are trying again to do away with what god has done for them it's a truly bizarre world in which we live. What's interesting oh, is that yikes. the membership of authors of, of the Methodist Church has literally fallen off a cliff. Yeah, wow. Like over the last 15, 20 years. And this has not been as a result of passing these unbiblical uh, 
votes that they have done around the world. This has been as a result of the general trajectory of the church. And rather than arresting that trajectory and heading back to biblical fidelity, because it is the churches that are maintaining their biblical fidelity, are the only ones that are actually still growing. Mm -hmm. They're the only ones that are still growing. They're voting themselves into... Into infinity, into into oblivion. Literally, like, what's the point? Like, just I mean, they're just con- increasing the spiral downwards, mm. which is so crazy because, the, like, the background of the Methodist Church comes from one of the you know biggest and most explosive movements, like Christian yes. movements in the and world. And this was a movement that called people back to the law of God, the Ten Commandments. Mm. You know, out of all of the great reformations of the 16th century and then the later reformers, the Wesleys were stronger on the Ten Commandments than any of the reformers and stronger on the power of God's grace to change a person, mm. to bring about sanctification. You know, the, the, the Luther and those guys, Calvin, etc., were great on justification. Wesley was amazing on sanctification, which is the transformed life, mm. which is the life that leaves behind the life of sin and comes to Jesus to find the grace and the power that he makes available to us. That was Wesley's message. That wasn't Luther and Calvin's message as much as it was Wesley's message. Mm. And yet this has been the first church to go the farthest away from biblical fidelity. Wow. I did mention that we would talk about uh, Canada very quickly. Uh, a further six churches, or it's the, the ch- number of churches burned down in Canada, now up to six. They seem to be continuing to burn over there as a result of Oof. these mass graves of Indigenous children. We need some answers. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. And joining us in the studio this morning is Ben. Ben, we're kind of excited to have you in the studio. People don't get to hear your voice, but they get to hear our voice because of what you do. That's right. So, uh, Ben, what do you do? Um, I'm an assistance administrator at um, Adventist Technology, which is like... um, we work for the South Pacific Division, and uh, we provide our services to all the other conferences. So basically, you are uh, tech support. Is that how we describe it? Yeah, oh, yeah, IT, that's right. IT, tech support. <laughs> so you're the person, you're the go-to person that we always hassle whenever something goes wrong here. It's like, yeah, call Ben. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, in your job, obviously, you look after more than just uh, Faith FM Breakfast Show here in the Newcastle office. Do you end up, do you, do you like have to travel and that kind of thing as well? Uh, sometimes we do. Sometimes we have to travel to the islands, like, um, America, Samoa, Samoa, um, Papua New Guinea. We cover everything in the South Pacific. Okay, so that's a pretty big. And we um, also deal. look after the schools and everything as well. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of. That's a lot of. Th- Do you even know how many institutions you take care of? Too many. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been doing it for? Uh, this is my fourth year now. Fourth year, yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, do you live here in the Newcastle area then, or? I do now. I used to be down in Sydney, but now I've moved up to, into Kurumbong. Uh-huh. The, you know, the Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for those, for those who don't know, that's a bit of an inside joke. Um, Faith FM is sponsored by the Adventist Church, and that's, the Adventist Church has a university there in Kurumbong, so it's become a bit of a, um, bit of a community of, Many Adventists. Adventists. <laughs> Many Adventists living there. No, that's that's great. And uh, you go to church with Lawson, I understand. Yes, I do. Just recently. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, initially, because um, I moved up last year, right? And yeah. exactly one week after I moved up, I was like, you know, going to go church hopping to find out which church I want to go to. As you do. COVID hit. 
of course. A week after you arrived. Straight, straight away. So I've only just been two churches. And then um, after I was just staying at home, looking at, you know, different churches to go to, and then I might as well just stick to my old church, you know, and just do the live streams like there. Through yeah, there. yeah, yep. As we eventually um, met one of the church members at Newcastle Education, and oh, okay, yep. she invited me to the church, and uh, here I am. There you go, fantastic stuff. So, um, yeah, well, we're super excited to have you living a little bit closer because it means that when things go wrong, Ben's not as far away. That's right. Um, now, Ben, uh, tell us a little bit about your story. What's your What's your family heritage? Um, I'm Cambodian. Okay, which uh, a lot of people don't really realize because I'm I'm like a mix of Chinese and Cambodian. Yep. And pretty much, I was, I was going to guess, guess Chinese, but yeah, a lot of people guess that. A lot of people guess that Chinese, Malaysian, or something. But yeah, never Cambodian because uh-huh. usually Cambodians are a bit darker. But yeah. I got a bit of Chinese in me. That's yeah, you got a bit of tan happening there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was born in Cambodia. I was okay. born in the jungles. I wasn't born in a hotel. Or, oh, really? Or a, or a hospital? Yeah. Was, You're born in the jungles. I was born in the jungles. That's like, wild. I had like a, I had a wet nurse and everything, and then yeah, yeah, wow. So then. You have a story to tell. Quite a story. You were born in the jungles, you live in Australia, and now travel the world doing IT work. Um, That's a big contrast. It is a big contrast. All right, tell us about your family, tell us about where you were born and where you grew up and that whole thing. So my parents were born in Cambodia, and they they lived through the war, like the Civil War, which I think was like like three, three... two-thirds of the population. So they survived the killing they, they fields. Survived, they survived the killing fields. They um, came as a refugee to Vietnam, and then after that we had some family that was in Australia, and they helped bring us over here as a refugee. And once we came here, um, I was five years old. Okay. I started kindergarten with absolutely no English, and then eventually had to learn the language. <laughs> here I am. But, yeah, it was quite a quite a contrast. And uh, what, what really brought me to Christ was that... Um, Coming here is like you know it's not by chance that you come no. to yes. to where you are. And then they had religion classes in um in primary school. Like back then, it was like I went to public school, and then I was like, oh, like what religion are you? I was like, oh, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, wow. Because like you come from a place where everyone's Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't have many different choices. Like, oh, are you Christian? Are you uh, are you you know Muslim or anything like that? We didn't have anything like that. So coming here, I was as a young child, I was seeking. Right. Already, and I was like, "Oh, is there is there something more to this than in life?" Yeah. So there's more other religions. Other yeah. Than just so so what I did, I, I joined the Catholic group. Yep. And then they did like you know the Father, Son, Holy Spirit thing, and I was like, "Oh, is this, is this what church is really like?" And then, yeah, then I also joined the Anglicans, and it's all very different. And then uh, I was just seeking, and then eventually I was like, "Oh, well, is there more truth to this?" So I was always seeking, but I guess never getting an answer. Because you just try all the different religions. I even did the Buddhism, like, you know, you do like... Well, you know, I guess that's the religion of your parents. Would that be the religion yes, of your parents? Yes, yes, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in Buddhism, you just like, everything's done by like, it works, you do good, and then like, you know, karma comes back, you get good results. But it was very different there. In regards to uh, finally finding a place, um, my cousin went to Auburn Seventh-day Adventist Primary School, and like, he's like, oh, it's a private school. My mom's, my parents were like, oh, you know, send, send your kids to a private school, they've got good education. And um, I went there, and I realized, oh, they went to church on Sabbath. So I went to church, and because of that, uh, no one was there to take me. So I had to bring my parents to church. Okay, So yes. they had to take turns bringing me to church, and then eventually they got baptized, and they got baptized. Oh, wow, praise God. In 2001, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was still around 10 years old, like uh-huh. grade, grade 5, and I was like, wow. This, like, you know, God works in many different ways. Uh, after that... 
after getting them baptized, I was still seeking. I, I know the truth. Like you, when, as you grew up in the church, like you know the truth. Like you, you know the answers are there, but it's very hard to want to commit because the thing is, the biggest thing you realize is when you're growing up. When you want to be baptized, it's that you think you're not good enough to be baptized. It's like, you know, because if I get baptized, it's all in. Mm. And I continued with the church for another 13, 14 years. Didn't get baptized. Wow. My parents got baptized. I went through the world and I was like, wow, trying to find my self-worth there. Because I knew like, oh, but in the back of your mind, you always remember, you know, growing up in the church, you remember Mm, mm, God mm. is there. God is right. But to actually commit is like all in. It's a whole different life changing experience. Mm. But when you actually do finally get baptized, you realize it's just the beginning of your journey. Yeah, it's not right. the end. And you don't get baptized because you're good enough to get baptized. You get baptized because you're not. Yeah, so that's right. It's like, <laughs> the church is the hospital for sinners. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So one of the major points is that um, I had three callings to come to God. Okay. Um, well, the first time was, uh, I always wanted to be a missionary because I thought I was really cool. And uh, one of my church members was like, oh, do you want to become a missionary? And I was like, yeah, I want to become a missionary. You know, go into the jungle and everything. Get Cambodia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get <laughs> Cambodia. Walk, like, walk, you know, walk like Jesus did. Talk yes. to the people that don't know Jesus and just marry him. And I got asked that, like one of my church members was like, oh, do you want to be a missionary? And I was like, Yes. And then it's like, oh, what are the crimes? You got to get baptized. And I was like, ah, I'm not ready to go all in yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was the first calling that I rejected God's call. Uh, a couple of years later, um, my cousin, he just got into a, like a massive accident. Um, like he got lit on fire by a bonfire or something like that. Like someone threw a, a bottle of petrol into the, the bonfire and it blew up all over him. And then after that, he contacted me and he's like, man, do you want to get baptized? And I was like, why? He's like, because when you hit rock bottom, the only way you can go is back up. Mm. And like, due to his circumstances and the people who's around it, and I was like, oh, wow, that, that hits really deep. And, and me and him made a, made a pact when we were younger. Like, oh, when we, when we get baptized, we we'll get baptized together. Okay. And I said, no. Oh. And he didn't get baptized as well. Oh. Unfortunately. And then. Third calling. Third calling. Comes to university. There's an ASOC group, the Adventist students on campus. I knew they existed. I didn't want anything to do with them. <laughs> I was like, oh no, they're, they're a bunch of Adventists. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go, go all in. But then I randomly got a message. Someone SMSed me and said, hey, Ben, we're from the Adventist students on campus. We found out that you go to this university. Do you want oh, to they join? found you. They, they, <laughs> they you found down. They found and you. And I was like, who on earth is this? <laughs> What I found out was from the first calling, my church member that went to missionary work, he did missionary work and one of the missionaries, their sister, came to Australia because he went to do missionary work in the Philippines. Right. His sister came over and contacted me and got my number of the... And I was like, well, this is such a small word. And I was like... like You're kidding Yeah, such, such a small word. And I was like, all right. If I don't, if I don't, if I don't say yes now... I'm never going to say it. Yeah. So I said, yes. Praise I, God. Praise God. I started working for the church and I was like, you know what? It's time to go all in. Mm-hmm. I contacted my cousin, the one, the, the second calling. I contacted him and I'm like, I'm going to get baptized. I need to be a missionary. And he's like, all right. We actually get baptized together. Oh, praise God. <laughs> I was so hoping that would happen when you're telling that story. I'm like, please, please. 
don't be a tragic story. <laughs> we get baptized together. My sister gets baptized with us as well. Praise God. And then I do my last semester of university. I don't even get my results. I fly to the Philippines. Country, I don't, I don't, I don't know the language, I think. I go there, learn the language, and become a missionary for one year. Wait a minute, you learn the language in one year? I learned it in like two, three months, and then I had to um, oh, preach in it as well. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. I am so jealous. It's, God, God equips you. Yes. When you accept his calling, God equips you and lets you Amen. do anything. I learned the language. I started preaching. I, I, it was, you know how I said, you know, do what you know, Jesus does, like going through the jungle. I went through it way past the jungle. Uh-huh. Like how the people I was preaching to is like, if it was, if we compare it to Australia, way it would be like me preaching to the Aborigines in their language in Northern Territory. In the middle, like. middle of the outback. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was like doing that. Yeah. So I used to work like 10, 15 Ks a day to their village, talk, do Bible studies with them, or just, you know, mingle with them, do what Jesus did. Eventually, after that, um, had around 35 baptisms. Praise God. In that one year. And I thought, and that was probably the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. It was just like, oh, there's more to life than just, going to work and everything. And I was like, I have to go all in. Yeah. After I finished missionary work, came back, worked outside in corporate for another year or so. Then I got a calling to work for the church and here I am. Here you are traveling the world, fixing everybody's uh, yeah. IT problems and getting the gospel out to the world in uh, digital format, zeros and ones. That's it. And, there's the, and there goes the gospel. That is an amazing story. Um you know, when we, when we first asked you, can you come on and tell us, share a story? And, and Ben's like, yeah, yeah, everybody has a story, I guess, you know. I was not expecting a story like this. Was not expecting um, this level of story. So you you went to the Philippines, you learnt the language, you preached your first sermon there in the local language about yeah. two months after yeah, getting sorry. there. Because I was just, just straight baptised. I've never even done um, communion before. That was the first time I did communion. I, I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> It was quite an experience, and over there, over there, they take um, everything's to the next level. Right, like religion is very serious business there, so oh, yeah. they have really high, um, high standards when it comes to like church, like you know, women on one side, men on one side, uh, sitting in the church, like the amount of like when it comes to communion, like, everyone forgives each other, like it's pretty much a clean threat every single time. Wow. It's very. If different. only we had that in Australia. Yeah, like pretty much. It's like once if you wash, once you wash each other's feet, all sins are forgiven between all like church members. Yeah, yep, between yep. each other. Yeah, so it's yep. it's it's very different to over here. That's a really good thing. Yeah, it's a really it's, good it's thing to take thing. it so seriously. Yeah, and you're working amongst people who are kind of basically living a traditional lifestyle. Yeah, very very humble. Yeah, they just work in the fields and. So, how many languages do you speak then? Uh, I speak Cambodian. I speak English. I don't speak that much uh, Tagalog, which is Filipino. Yeah, because you lost it because you've been <laughs> back, back I've from been here for like five, six years now. Yeah, yeah, you don't so. use it. Yeah, you lose it. Yeah, that's right. Just like, you know, when you when God uses you, you've got to continue using his work. Uh-huh. And you speak computer. Yep. <laughs> speak that well. Yeah. Uh, Ben's been in here this morning fixing all kinds of problems that we've uh, sort of had floating around in our system for a fair while. And uh, it's so glad to see all those problems just disappearing. And, and some of them, you know, you had to go away and do some research and have some have a think about and go, well, I think it might be if we, we can probably solve it this way. So um, doing great things for God. And uh, the future. What are your What are your thoughts? I mean, serving God, obviously, um, you know, getting the message out through zeros and ones at the moment. But um, wherever God leads me, yeah, yeah. Do you see yourself going back into you know a preaching kind of ministry again at some stage? 
I, I did have a, I did have a uh, agreement with God mm-hmm. that uh, if I didn't get into IT, I'd be a pastor. Okay. I'd, I'd go into ministry, but God sent me here instead. So that's right. There's got to be a reason why. There's a reason why, and uh, who knows what the future holds. Mm-hmm. Ben, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning and sharing your story. Um, quite a remarkable story. Born in the jungle, now traveling the world, sharing the gospel through uh, through IT and through zeros and ones. It's a great calling and a great work that you're doing, and we praise God for what you do. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.